What is up, guys? Welcome to Close Monday. My name is Kyle and Sarah, and this is the show for restaurant owners, for chefs, for culinary students, for startup restaurants, anyone brave enough to take on the challenge of running a restaurant and the pursuit of being what we like to call a restaurant entrepreneur. This is your absolute lifeline, your go-to for real world, no nonsense, in-depth chats and war stories from people who have been in your shoes. Now, you're all on the same quest here, looking for that perfect solution, that perfect piece of technology that's gonna streamline your operations, the killer marketing strategy, the new social media platform that's gonna put your restaurant on the map, the rock solid suppliers who've always got your back. But let's not be naive, there's a lot more to this. Most importantly, things like capital raising, making sense of insurance, and playing real estate like a professional, that's all part of the package. And one of my favorite parts, by the way. But what you need to understand is that each one of these challenges, they're really just opportunities. And as industry veterans, myself, my guests, we're gonna bring battle-hardened knowledge and cutting-edge insights to the table every single week. We've been in it. We've had our neck on the line. We've lost money, we've made money. We've had staff, we've lost staff. We know how it impacts our personal lives. We're gonna help you navigate this entire business. Our goal, sole goal, is to give you the information to reach your goals while you stay true to what's most important to you. And what I know, what's important to you are things like quality, hospitality, innovation, sustainability, staying ahead of the curve, staying up with trends, and of course, providing an unforgettable guest experience. So whether you're a seasoned professional, you're a restaurant entrepreneur, or you're a rookie about to jump into your first business, grab a seat, pour yourself a drink, a cup of coffee, put your AirPods on, grab the dog, go for a walk, hit the treadmill, sit on the couch, whatever you're gonna do, we're gonna drop some serious knowledge on you. And it starts right now. Welcome to Close Monday. Hands down, the most embarrassing mistake I made as a restaurant owner was hiring the wrong accountant and trusting that he was doing the right thing. Now, the main thing that he was in charge of was sales tax. And long story short, didn't get paid, didn't get paid on time, didn't get paid in full. And our little 40 seat restaurant wound up owing the state of New York $180,000 in sales tax. But that was before Davo. Davo automates your sales tax. It integrates with your POS, so it automatically sets aside the sales tax funds daily. Then, when it comes time to remit these funds to the state, Davo files and pays the sales tax for you on time and in full. You know, it's easier. Take a little bit out every day as opposed to this big chunk due at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter. It would have changed my business, would have changed really my life. Because let's face it, when you're running a restaurant, those bills that are due, they keep you awake at night. Not with Davo, it's all taken care of. So it integrates with your POS. So whether you have Toast, Square, Clover, Lightspeed, uh, SkyTab, uh, whatever you have, Revel, they integrate with them and they're adding new partners every day. So you never have to worry about sales tax again. In the show notes, there's a link where you can schedule a call with the customer success team. Let them know that you heard about Davo on the Close Monday podcast and they'll hook you up. Never worry about sales tax ever again. Keep your eye on what matters, which is running your business day in, day out, and let Davo take care of the sales tax. All right. We got all the technical difficulties out of the way. 
right? Good enough to go. We're going to go quick. Eric's on location. Jake's got technical difficulties. I got a <laughs> dog over here. If this isn't informative, it's going to be entertaining. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about uh, God knows what else. Maybe Deion Sanders might come up. Maybe Eric might get kicked out of where he's at. Um, but yeah, the, the, the what I really want to get in today was to have Jake on. Jake, I'm letting you introduce yourself. You're going to do a much better job to talk about what it's like to try to get a mortgage, try to buy a house as somebody who owns their own business. So Jake, why don't you take it away from here? Then he will, you, this is your second appearance. So you can have to like, you know, you just have to reintroduce yourself. There you go. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> my name is Jacob Litowski. I am a senior loan officer with cross country mortgage. I help my clients purchase new homes, refinance existing properties. I've been in the mortgage business for 24 years. I work with a lot of self-employed individuals. And the biggest focus I've had in the last two years has been helping people plan for an easy and successful mortgage process. And I think that's really kind of what is behind our kind of being here today is give you some ideas of what's possible to make it more likely that it can happen for you. You want to introduce yourself to man? your second appearance. Right, second appearance is just like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, my name is Eric Wilson. Uh, good friends with these guys. Work at uh, Empire Merchants, which is uh, one of the largest uh, liquor distributors here in, uh, in the state of New York, in the metro area. Working with um, different on-premise uh, restaurants, lounges, event spaces, uh, clubs, hotels in the city. So, kind of goes hand in hand. Um, you know, it's, especially with the space that's uh, sitting here in Manhattan. You know, coming out of COVID and seeing what's, uh, you know, who's able to pick up that space and who's able to do uh, do something with it. So there you go. So I didn't, I didn't pick these guys out of a hat. I mean, we met. I met Eric through my restaurant, sort of or kind of, and then I met Jake through Eric. And you guys started this sort of like Westchester networking group. And this is kind of where I got this idea. And you know, again, I, I think we could talk about whatever kind of is around this, you know, for, for self-employed individuals, people looking to buy a home or just in general business advice. But let's start with what the, the, the purpose of the show was, which is kind of like, why is it such a nightmare for 1099 employees to get a mortgage? I mean, is it just like mortgage lenders are allergic to freelancers or what, what's the deal? Uh, so Kyle, I, I think the main problem, a main point of frustration comes from the fact that a mortgage underwriter is looking at your taxable income after deductions, write-offs, and expenses, and your CPA is trying to find you as many write-offs, deductions, and expenses to lower your taxable income. So an underwriter wants more income, and the CPA is trying to lower that expense. So that is where the frustration comes. It doesn't have to be a nightmare. I think with preparation and planning, it can be an easier process. So um, is it, other than the income, is it credit? Is How, how big of a role does credit play here for these guys? I mean, is it is it the be all end all or what, what's the real, what's the real school? So there's three things that the bank is looking at. They're looking at your credit, they're looking at your income and they're looking at your assets. If you start with credit, High scores or low interest rates. 
high scores, you got a high credit score, paying your debt on time, having low balances on your credit uh, on your credit cards, and you know having depth of credit. So not just having twelve months with a credit card, having it for years, decades, right? And you know, my biggest things that most people don't know is that don't close your credit cards, leave them open. I've got cards that I've had since I was 18, literally paying that renewal fee every year for 30 years because it's just another line, right? And if it's, if you think of it as like, uh, the more you have, the less a little event uh, can impact it, right? So if you have 20 credit cards, one late payment on a hundred dollar card is not gonna affect all of the, those 20 other cards as if you only have three cards and you paid one late. Another big thing, Kyle, for everybody, whether, you, whether you're in the restaurant business or not, let's say you have a credit card that has a $10,000 limit. If you go on vacation or you buy a bunch of equipment and it's a, and now you owe $6,000 on that card, right? Regardless of how timely you pay that card, your score is likely to go down because you owe more than 50% of the credit card limit. Uh-huh. So in advance of buying a mortgage, if you have credit cards that are over the 50% limit, you can relocate, reallocate that debt, spread it out, use three cards to buy that machine, use three cards to buy that vacation so you can keep it lower. See, I didn't know a, that, man. I didn't yeah. know that 50% deal. See, that's why we uh-huh. that's why we got Jake on here. Damn. Dude, All right. That's like but but see, I think you, you, you're probably the only guy that knows more restaurant owners than me. But don't you think that this is like information that, I mean, we just said ourselves, we didn't even know that. Like, don't you feel like these guys are not, they have a lot of money maybe, but their, their, their credit is all over the place. What, what, what do you, what do you think this is, is in their head when it comes to this kind of stuff? Uh, listen, exactly what Jake said. I think the, the pre, the pre-planning of this and, and discussing what is actually needed to open the doors. Um, you know, last night I've been working, uh, but T squared social just opened on 42nd street, which took over a massive bank. Um, and it took a little bit of time, you know, to open this up, even though that you have, you know, you have the docking, you have this, I think it's the planning and understanding of how to space out your cash and what you're in your credit of what you're trying to get done at the end of the day. But, you know, Kyle, you've, you've been in the business for, for many years and you understand that it's that. I think it's that personal um, attachment of I need to get open. I need to do it, right? Because you don't see anything coming in. You're just spending, 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 spending. Is it cash, it's credits, cash, it's credits. But the problem is maybe sometimes you're getting a little bit out of your comfort zone just to be able to open that door, which puts people in a bad spot after they do open, you know? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of, another thing is restaurant owners are kind of, deal makers, right? Like business loans, mm-hmm. there's a way to make it work. I can get 50 grand from this guy. I can maybe get something from the bank. I can do some credit cards. My buddy's going to lend me 25 grand. I think when it comes to the, the housing stuff, it's intimidating to them because they're like, it's a yes or a no. It's pretty, it's more cut and dry. I mean, l- one thing that I'm stuck on and, and full disclosure, Jake and I are talking about trying to figure out something for me, like the 20% thing. Is that is that the is that the only way to get a deal done here, or are there other options? Uh, great question and very timely. Yesterday was a, a big article, a couple articles about how first time homebuyers are very discouraged about, oh, I can't come up with twenty percent down. So you do not have to put twenty percent down to purchase a new home. 
right? Like this is separate and apart from being self-employed. You can put as little as three and a half percent down in most states across the country. Now, how exciting your life is outside of that down payment will impact what kind of program you have, what kind of program you can take, right? Like I always say jokingly, like I want a boring borrower, right? My whole goal today is to make sure that you guys are exciting enough when you're working all day, right? Like you want to be a boring applicant, right? You want boring in income, boring credit, boring assets. Like the more boring you are, the less you're going to put down. So just because you're self-employed does not mean you have to put 20% down. You could put less down, but if you have, if you have less income to put down and your income is exciting, meaning that you're showing very little to no income and we need to do a bank statement program, that's exciting that program, but because of the excitement, it's a little bit more risk from the bank. So they want you to have a little bit more skin in the game. So you are putting more money down. So it is a balance of risk. And so the bank gets comfortable with risk if you have more invested in the property. And so with that, with that planning, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's a lot to digest because I'm thinking about, you know, Eric knows some of my ex-partners, the process of dealing with a lot of this paperwork, it's not their forte, right? Like it's not their, their art, their crafts, they're, they're, they're craftsmen, they're, they're, sh they're, they're artists, right? They're artists, they're absolutely, they're artists. And you know the type like they're they're gonna knock they're gonna be put off on this just based on the process and they'll rent forever. I mean, what who should they connect with? I mean, obviously you're 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 the guy. That's why you're on the show. But like, what is what's the first step they should do? Is it the pre approval? Is it cleaning up their credit? What's the first thing they should do? So, I'll take it back a little bit further. Right, my recommendation to anybody who is great at what they do, working for somebody else. Like if you're the best chef. You're the best dessert maker. If you, whatever it is that you're the best at, before you go and open up something of your own, buy your house. When you have a salary, you are boring. Buy your house. But if you are now self-employed and you find yourself self-employed, then I think to start, you speak to a loan officer and you speak yeah. to your family about how much you want to spend. I, keep, I say this a lot in my post. Right. Like understanding number one is your decision to make a purchase. Great. Second is what is it? What is it that you think is a comfortable amount to spend? And then you could talk to someone like myself and we can work the numbers backwards into how much that payment would afford. And then we can analyze the tax returns to see how much income we can give you credit for. Right. Because there are a lot of moving parts. Your credit is going to come into play. But just to start, right, if you just want a baseline plan, figuring out payment and potential price, I think, is the first step. And then you can kind of drill down more onto product, program, down payment, all of these other things that yeah. play in. You know, so e, the reason why, I mean, you may not even know this, but you're like my, I mean, we spoke about this, but I always love to get your feedback because you're, you're in the dirt, man. You're down there talking to these people. You're in the restaurants. You're seeing what they're buying, what they're not buying. What's happening right now from a restaurant perspective in terms of sales? Are you seeing more business, less business? Well, what's the overall sentiment? You know, it's it's uh, business is good. 
you know, business is good. I'm on the, you know, I'm on the sales side of things. So it's, uh, business is good, but I think the majority across the board, you know, especially with uh, PI's price increase of everything that's going on right now, you're seeing, you know, people, uh, enjoying better quality products, higher prices and less quantity. Um, you know, some of these cocktails, you're going to come down to Manhattan now and see a 28, 26, $30 cocktail. You know, again, you're, you're, this is an ounce or two, right? And people, it's still, it's still packed, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, it's again, you're not sitting there. You might have one at dinner, you might have one at meal and then, you know, maybe an after dinner instead of, but, you know, that, that's the thing about Manhattan. It's a crazy beast. I and mean, it's got all levels of things. You got a guy serving $30 cocktails with a guy across the street serving $5, you know, to be at the game time. So it's, um, there's something for everybody, you know, in this industry and in the restaurant business. But, you know, it's, um, that, that price increase, especially from the wholesale side, is passed along to the consumer. So it's how comfortable you can be. You know, we've seen it with food prices. I've had I've had friends, you know, pull, you know, lobster and crab legs off of their menu because they can't pass that price, you know, two hundred dollar crab legs to to the consumer. You have to pull it off and you have to be able to have a that venue where people feel comfortable about, you know, first of all, consistency of what they're getting. Second, you know, the comfortability of the of that price and then what are you getting for that? You know, it's definitely creating something um you know, that comfort level of people that, you know, want to return and they have to have some kind of life, you know, in there, there's spaces, you know, we've talked about it before. There's spaces where you're like, listen, man, those chicken wings, I will go back no matter what time, how much they are. And then there's other places you go to because it has life, you know? And so people are creating these venues, you know, with, uh, with different, uh, additions, you know, to keep people in the seats and, and keep people engaged. So I think, what my takeaway from that is, and I think Jake, you and I touched on this in one of our conversations we had the last couple of weeks, but what would be frustrating to me, I can imagine where it's frustrating to these restaurant owners is I have a restaurant that's doing $5 million a year. Is that of any value? Does that fall in the, in the conversation? Like, can I say, Hey, I may be taking, I don't know, 10% home from there, but I got a couple of partners, whatever it is. Does that sales volume, like one of these places that Eric's is servicing, they're doing, they're killing it and the owner there can't get a mortgage. Well, does that, nothing matters there or what's the deal? So absolutely it matters, but it's all relative, right? So there are different levels of documentation. So if you're going what's known as a full documentation loan, where you're getting the best rates and terms in the market, there we are looking at a taxable income history, the last two years of taxable income, right? And if you have partners and you're on K-1s and there's different investors in there, there might be losses on the K-1s, but you might have a salary as the general partner that it's all going to, all these things are going to cook together, right? When when your business gets layered um, from your CPA's perspective, right? There, There are different things that kind of are positive and negative, right? And so from a full documentation uh, program, you you may run into frustrations, right? That's right. not to say, though, that there are programs that allow us to look at the last 12 to 24 months of business bank statements and look at your cash flow. And we can give you a loan based on your cash flow. It's a little bit more risk to the bank. So down payment might be a little bit more, rate might be a little bit higher. But to 
to achieve that first purchase or the next purchase, that is a plan, right? You, you get into that property and you can always refinance once your income or your taxable income has improved, right? And so it's all a matter of how far down the road you wanna look and what compromise you're willing to make today to, to get where you wanna be. You, you guys are in Northern Westchester, Westchester County, right? What are you seeing market-wise? What are your neighbors talking about, like in terms of their houses? Do you see any activity there? Everyone kind of staying like, well, what's the market look like in one of the you know more affluent, more busier type of markets traditionally in the country? Me personally, like uh, the the price per square foot is insane. Right? I see Eric laughing <laughs> over there because in Westchester, like Northern Westchester, it's just it's. I thank God, and Kyle, I think it's an important point to make is that purchasing real estate right especially with a mortgage when you get appreciation you're getting not only the appreciation on your cash but you're getting appreciation on the on the investment as a whole so if you buy a five hundred thousand dollar property you put twenty percent down that's a hundred thousand dollars that you put down right if the property goes up ten percent that's fifty thousand dollars of improvement if you put $100,000 into the stock market and it goes up 10%, it's only $10,000. So that yeah. leverage, that loan is giving you a better return with appreciation. And so appreciation year over year has been steadily rising. If you're hoping to save and buy, that appreciation is going to outpace you. You're not... Uh, look, God willing, you're, you're doing five, ten, twenty million dollars of revenue, right? But it, it's really going to outpace you because of how fast it grows. And if you're not, in, it, it's hard to find an investment that has a similar return to keep up with it. Sorry, hey, a little. Uh, your neighbors selling anything up there? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think things are good. You know, people are. You know, again, you live in an area where people want to be. Um, you know, people are are paying over top you know it's not a discussion if it's uh if you're going to get what you ask it's uh who are you going to accept um you know there's not too many there's not too many that pop up and you know again in northern westchester you're talking about school districts um you know kind of that top frame of where you know that your resale is going to be uh is going to be increased you know year after year after year so i think um you know it's 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 different in different areas we just happen to be in you know two of those areas that you know it's it is where it is, and you just you kind of ride the wave. And um, you know the issue is, you know, if you decide to sell, you know, where are you going? You know, it's it's you know it's a uh, it's a funny place, you know. So, just to kind of maybe bring this to another place before letting you guys run off here, I appreciate your time. But another question is, co-signers. A lot of people think that that's the the be all end all. Now I got a cosigner, we're good to go. Ten ninety nine, that's kind of a workaround. Is that true? I think I know the answer, but is it like? Tell me, tell me, tell me what the move is there. Absolutely. So you can absolutely have a non occupant co borrower. So mom, dad, sister, brother, 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 cousin, whoever it is, they could cosign for you. Right. And as long as their income supports all of the debt along with yours, then that is a great way to add income to the picture. You can also buy a primary residence with a roommate. 
you and your best friend are renting right now, or you and your business partner are, are living in the same house. You can both get on a mortgage together. You don't have to be married. You don't have to be in any kind of relationship. You both could just be living in that property and you can buy a primary residence and both of your incomes and both of your assets get added into the mix. It is, it's a great way to overcome initially that income struggle. That's right. Okay. What, what didn't I ask? What did, what did we miss here? If anything, before I ask Eric, what big, the one big question I have for him to kind of round this out, that's hot seat. Go ahead. <laughs> I think credit and income are two big factors, right? Uh, assets are another piece, right? So you have to, you want to have some down payment and closing costs. Down payment can come from a gift. Down payment can come from securities, from uh, at cash in the bank. A big thing that people don't understand is that if you have $100 bills in a safety deposit box, we cannot accept that in a mortgage transaction. I've seen it happen before. It is messy. So $100 bills have to be put into a bank if you want to use them for your mortgage transaction. I got to put them in the bank. That's it. Yeah. Careful. We don't want to go to Manchester. But, <laughs> but again, oh. this is part of the planning, right? You could slowly get that money in there, whatever it is, or you can find a gift, however you want to do it. But you have to plan for that. Don't just show up with a bank statement that shows a $50,000 cash deposit. I, I've seen it. It is not fun. But you make things happen, however you have to. But that's part of the planning, you know, plan ahead. Just a side of one of my favorite commercial real estate stories ever is my buddy works for Regency down in Miami. And mm -hmm. he had a client and he said, look, everything looks good here. You got to send me proof of funds. And the guy drove over with a duffel bag with $300,000 in it to show it to the landlord. <laughs> Scarface awesome. style. All right. How'd that work out? How'd that work out? I don't think he got a lease. I don't think so. I think he got arrested, actually. I don't know what the deal is. Um, all right. One question, all right, Aaron, just to round this out. Because, you know, this show's all-encompassing. We don't just talk about restaurants. We got a mortgage guy. We got the liquor guy. Eric's got, you know, a lot of knowledge about a lot of different aspects of the business. But I got to ask you, your thought as a former college athlete, first football player, professional football player, your thoughts on Coach Prime. What did you want to play for why, would why, you you think I wore, why do you think I wore the sunglasses? <laughs> would, you, would, you have entered, would you have entered the portal or would you have stuck it out? Listen, it's a, it, you know, I'm coming, you know, I got out of Michigan in, in, in 2000. So it's been uh, a little Oof. bit of time since I got out of, I know, man, it's so crazy to think ago? about. Man, I look like I can wait tomorrow. I mean, it's <laughs> everything. Is, I, put, I put my hand back in the dirt, no problem. But it's, um, you know what, it's a, it's a, I love Coach Prime. I love his attitude. I love his um, his self awareness. I love his confidence. I love his coaching ability to uh, to be able to create good players. And what he did in his own you know world is you're on another level. The it's night and day from when I went to college. You accepted. You had a couple offers. You accepted one. I chose the University of Michigan for the history, the tradition, the winning. You know, and, and what we went through and, and that was that you knew that you were going to be behind somebody that was great. And, you know, it's kind of the conveyor belt. You came there as a freshman, you put in your time. If you stayed on that belt, you know, and didn't fall off, you know, for
He's getting a phone oh, call. These people are killing him. There we go. He's getting picked up in the portal right now. <laughs> yes, Coach Prime. <laughs> okay, we back on. Yeah, right. Coach, that's a, but it's um, you know, the biggest thing was you you jumped on that conveyor belt because you wanted an opportunity to play at the University of Michigan. Right. What's going on nowadays? The relationship between coaches and players. How long does that last? You know, recruiting used to be a couple months. Recruiting now is ten to eleven months. You don't know if if I if I pick up Jake, Jake and I don't get along in the first two months. What am I doing? I'm jumping in a portal and I'm gone. You know, and I passed on Kyle because Jake was a little bit better. Okay, now I try to go get you know Kyle. Where is he? Oh, he transferred over. The crazy thing, I think he he brought in eighty seven new players. Like that's a, that's insane. Where does this go with the other? Where does this go with the other universities? And you're not just picking up kids out of high school. You're picking up players that are sitting on the bench or backup. It changes the whole dynamic of college sports, I think, moving forward. And, you know, he's been able to sustain, you know, sitting at 3-0, and beating Colorado State. You know, Colorado wins one game last year. He's changed not only the platform of the football, but the community and the state in itself. So it, that, that whole thing has changed the dynamic of college sports moving forward. Do you think, you think it's going to screw the seniors coming out, the seniors recruiting? Like, well, how are they going to get, you know, they – if I'm looking for a wide receiver, a couple wide receivers, I hop on the portal. I see a couple transfers from Rutgers, Wisconsin, Purdue, or I can take a flyer on these couple kids coming out of, you know, Chappaqua High School. I mean, right. what, what's the what's? I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? I got some proven talent here. I they got they got right. experience in the league. Like it's almost like free agency. Yeah, it's uh, I, I you know, it's a crazy thing because there's no commitment uh, from the athlete anymore. It's, you know, I could say yes today and then transfer tomorrow. And these, these, these coaching staffs that are recruiting 10, 11 months trying to put together a solid team moving forward. And then you, all of a sudden you have, you know, a college program that picks up 87 kids through the portal. Like this is, I, I don't, you know, that. And then you talk about the NIL deals. You know, you got guys going to different things. Like these two, these two, the portal and the NIL deals will change college sports forever. You know, and the thing is, you know, like, like, you know, you talk about mortgage rates, you know, they go up and down price increase in my world in the, in the business, they don't come back down again, these two things, the NIL deals and, and the transfer portal for college sports, like it's not going to go backwards, you know, it's only going to open up. So, I mean, what, what do you do as you know, some of these, some of these smaller schools trying to bet on some of these athletes coming to you. So it's going to be very interesting. Can you get some of that, that NIL retro? NIL retro pay back to the 2000s? <laughs> get some, listen, the I want, listen, listen, you know, I, I look at it all the time and I'm like, you know what? We just about a year ago, uh, maybe a year or two ago, we were one of the first schools to win a BCS bowl game. We were one of the only schools who beat Ohio State and Alabama in the same year. So <laughs> Tom Brady's Tom Brady's last year in 2000, we beat Alabama in the Orange Bowl. So that's one of the first BCS here. 22 years later, we were invited back to the University of Michigan to receive our BCS championship, right? <laughs> so I don't know about the retro pay. I guess I'll take the ring uh, right now, but it's, you know, it's crazy. It's changed the dynamic of sports, you know, and athletes. And, you know, when you talk about it, I know, you know, you're doing some coaching myself, you know. But the thing is, does it change the dynamic of positions for younger kids to figure out, hey, if I only play this and I'm good at this, will I make money right now? 
yeah. you know, college was used as a platform to get to the level where you made money. Yeah. Now you're coming out of high school. Does it change? Hey, man, I know I play tight end, but I really want to play quarterback now because quarterbacks make the most money in NIL deals and this and that. Yeah. Does it does it change the dynamic of youth sports? So is it a trickle down effect? So we'll see. It's wild. I mean, you got his son out there with a hundred thousand dollar Rolex on the field before hey. practice. Like, let me get right? that for collateral, Jake. Can I put that up for collateral for a house? Can we do that? Yeah. How's, how's <laughs> that work? I get a BCS ring. Can I use that? <laughs> That's great. Well, as long as we like, close down, we owned it. We can maybe use that for down payment. Like it's like some other. Now we're talking. Now we're now now we're getting somewhere. All I just right. want to know more about the hundred dollar bills, though. Like, what do I got to do with these hundred dollars? <laughs> the baby's fun. Um, all right, Jake. Where can everybody get a hold of you if they want to buy a house? Uh, you can hit me on my cell nine one seven nine zero two six nine nine six. Email Jacob. Litowski at ccm.com. There's no charge for a review. I'm happy to talk through it, spend the time. I'm going to be here. My kids are six and five. I'm going to be in this <laughs> business for a long time. So you might not be buying today. I'm happy to talk with you today. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do a loan. At some point, I'm going to find you. And look, if you guys are in, you're just in New York, right? Manhattan is your, is your only territory? Uh, I got some Westchester too. Oh, I got right. about 10. I got about 10 accounts. So I'll tell you, uh, if you guys have not, if you guys have not listened to the episode with Eric and I, I think it's probably one of the most, I don't know when it was, a while ago, but so many people discount that role of the liquor rep coming in because they think they're being sold some shit. But the reality is we've had some great, when, when we were together uh, at Pulpatina, it was like, you get, God, they'll guide you. They guide you through the process. So go check out that episode. And if you're in New York, I don't know how this all works, right? You can't just grab accounts, but how can somebody get a hold of you? Call you. Call me. Yeah. DM me <laughs> and I will pat I'll filter your request and send it along. Okay. If, if, if I've been going to like for a long time. This guy knows his liquor. And like he like Kyle was saying, this guy can guide you. Right? He knows yeah. what your consumer wants. And you're getting a real this guy this he's telling you the truth. He's not coming at you with some spin. For good or for bad, he's giving it to you like completely raw. Listen, it's business. It's business. It's margin. It's it's the same thing that you're doing, Jake. You, you're trying to educate people, man, and you educate people to a point, and then they have to make a decision, you know. And that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it's in, you know. I mean, you could be selling socks on Canal Street and, and telling people, you know, this, that, and the other thing. It's giving them the information that they need, and then they're going to make a choice. We just hopefully guide them to make the right choice. It's like raising kids, right? It's the same thing. I don't want to be that helicopter parent. I'm the parent to be able to guide and mold, and then they're going to make the choices. And whatever that happens, it's the same role that I play. And when I meet a, when I meet a new you know beverage director or something, listen, this is my portfolio. Where can I fill the gap? How can I help you make it better? You know, these are the products that are going to make you a good margin. You know, these are the things that are going to work. This is where it works. You know, again, you're telling your story. You know, in the mortgage business, hey, this is what I just closed. This happens, and this works. You know, again, I don't need to, that's all you have. You know, you have your name and your follow-up. That's it. That's what you have, you know, and for me to be able to give them the information that they need, you know, you talk to the majority of the people that I work with, listen, I, I, I follow up and I do exactly what I'm, what, what I need to do to uh, hopefully make you successful in your business. So. Say it's all about green pieces of paper. I remember one of the things I learned from you was like, I know this isn't on your list, but if you take it, you're going to get a lower price. What is on your list? And you can throw this in your punch or in your make a special cup to give your bartender to play with. There's always a lot of ways to make it work. 
kind of yeah. like in the mortgage game, right, Jake? We're gonna make it work. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, I know you're busy. Thanks for the time. Yeah, I'll man. see you out there. Thank you. Love you, brother. Right. We'll see you soon, man. Ciao. All right, Thank you, Have a good day. Mile with coach. Mile with coach. All right, folks, that's another episode of Close Monday in the bag. Look, if you've been listening and you're still here, it's clear that you're someone who's committed to taking their business and their life to the next level. So just don't let this be something that you just listen to and forget about. You got to take action on what you learned today. And look, I, I don't ask for a lot from you guys. Here's the deal. If you found any value in this episode, please subscribe. Leave me a review. Not for me, but for yourself. You don't want to miss the actionable insights that we've got lined up for future episodes, the guests who have their story to share. And if you think this podcast could change someone else's game, could change their direction of their business, of their restaurant, then understand that your network is your net worth. So if you share that with people, you start to become, you're the, you're the one, right? You're, you're the one they're going to go to and you start to attract the right people into your life. You attract more people into your business and that's just the way that it goes. Um, now for some real interaction, like I said, if you screenshot that you are listening to this show, tag the show, tag me, I will send you a Close Monday t-shirt. And if you've got a burning question or a topic you want to tackle, like I said, you can always DM or shoot me an email at kyle at 4 Your question just might be the focus point of a whole new episode. That's it, right? Like that, that's kind of how this goes. We're always looking for inspiration. So uh, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your feet on the ground. Stay humble. And until next week, this is Close Monday. And I'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.